Hi, this is Brent White. It's December 24th, 2017, Christmas Eve, and this is day 22 of my series of Advent podcasts. You're listening now to John Anderson's version of O Holy Night from his excellent LP, Three Ships. Yesterday, as I was preparing to write my Christmas Eve sermon, one of my Christmas Eve sermons, um, I was uh, I was reflecting on the wise men in Matthew chapter 2. Think about it. In an almost literal way, God moved heaven and earth for the sake of guiding a few superstitious, idolatrous, pagan, polytheistic astrologers 700 miles from Babylon to Bethlehem. God went to great lengths to save these men. He must really love them. He must have really wanted to save them. And notice that God's rescue mission for these wise men began by God speaking to them in a language that they could understand. In this case, the language of the stars, astronomy. It reminds me in a small way of my own experience of coming to faith in Christ. God didn't reveal himself to me through the stars in the sky because I don't know anything about astronomy, but he did speak to me in a language I could understand, which is the language of rock and roll music. <laughs> it sounds like I'm joking or exaggerating, but I promise I'm not. It was fall of 1983. A year earlier, I had started taking guitar lessons with a man named Jody Johnston. Jody saw my passion for music, which he shared, and he introduced me to the music of his favorite band, the band Genesis. Now, in the 80s, Genesis had a ton of hit songs when Phil Collins was the lead singer. But back in the 70s, when Phil Collins just played drums, Peter Gabriel was the lead singer. And they were a very different band. And that's the music that Jody got me into. And one of their songs, which spoke to me deeply, was called Supper's Ready. The song borrows language and imagery from the book of Revelation uh, to talk about the second coming of Christ. It's, it's a spooky song, to say the least. One night, it was probably November of 83, I was listening to this song in my room in the dark 
And I was so moved by it and scared by it, frankly, that when it was over, I prayed my first real prayer. A prayer that wasn't of the now I lay me down to sleep variety, a sincere prayer. And I told God that I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to follow Jesus. I wanted to be saved, which led me to a tearful conversation with my parents who signed me up to go a couple of months later on a retreat with my youth group in the mountains of North Carolina where I made a profession of faith and was saved. But isn't it funny? God used my guitar teacher and his interest in this particular band to get me to hear this song at this particular time and place, to get me on that youth retreat where I could hear the gospel and repent of my sins and be saved. None of those things were coincidences. God was working through all of it to reach me with the gospel. Maybe all of us Christians have a star of Bethlehem in our lives that God uses to bring us to faith. What's yours? Notice something else about this scripture. The wise men don't make it all the way to Jesus, aided only by the star. At some point, when they come to Jerusalem, they need people to help guide them the rest of the way. This is what we see the scribes and the chief priests doing. They had to tell the Magi that the Messiah was going to be born seven miles away in Bethlehem. Only at that point did the Magi find the star again, which led them the rest of the way. This tells us, I think, that God wants to use us, his people, in his mission to reach the lost with the gospel. Well, Jesus himself makes this clear at the end of Matthew's gospel when he gives us the great commission to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But let me ask an uncomfortable question. Do we share God's passion for reaching the lost with the gospel? Why not? A couple of weekends ago, I was minding my own business, working on my sermon on a Saturday morning, when I heard a knock at the door. And guess who it was? It could only be one of two kinds of people. The UPS guy delivering one of many packages I've purchased recently from Amazon or eBay, because that's how I do all my Christmas shopping, or it's going to be Jehovah's Witnesses. And sure enough, it was the latter. And I talked to these two Jehovah's Witnesses for about 15 minutes, and I, I challenged near, nearly everything they said, because even though Jehovah's Witnesses talk about God and Jesus and use some of the same language we Christians use, they interpret all those words differently, and they have a, a deeply distorted understanding of the gospel. Maybe they were wishing they hadn't knocked on my door, I don't know. But I thought of 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. That's what I tried to do. I believe that God sent these people to my door. This was a divine appointment, an opportunity for me to try to, to bring them to Jesus. 
So on the one hand, I, I felt good about the fact that I had taken time to share the gospel with these people. But on the other hand, as always happens when I encounter either Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormon missionaries at my door or on the street, I felt a bit guilty and ashamed Because here are some people who believe so strongly in their particular religion, even though it's a spiritually destructive lie that will lead people to hell. But they believe so strongly in it that they are getting out on a Saturday morning and doing something that 99.9% of the people on the streets they visit don't want them to do. And as a result, they're facing rejection, they're getting doors slammed in their faces, they're being ridiculed. But they're doing this very unpopular thing because they believe that God has told them to. They believe so much in this mission that they're willing to face rejection, to face ridicule, to have doors slammed in their faces. They're willing to sacrifice their reputations, not to mention sleeping in on Saturday or enjoying leisure time or entertainment or sports or time with their families. And they're willing to do all of this for a lie. Now think about us. Think about our churches. What are we willing to do for the truth? Because whether we think knocking on strangers' doors and sharing the gospel with them is effective evangelism or not, one thing is for sure. We each know plenty of people in our lives who aren't strangers. Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, fellow students, people who need Jesus, people who are bound for hell unless they repent of their sins and turn to Jesus in faith. What are we willing to do? to get involved in God's mission to reach them with the gospel. God is showing us through this Christmas story the priority we need to place on reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we paying attention? <laughs> 